Now, when I think of five-star, I think of five-star hotels. I think of five-star restaurants. But can you really have a five-star retirement? Are you ready? It's the On The Money Podcast with Jerry and Nick Royer. Authors, radio show hosts, TV personalities, retirement wealth coaches. On The Money with Jerry and Nick Royer starts right now. This is the On the Money of Jerry and Nick Royer podcast. This is Nick Royer, and we're broadcasting coast to coast from the Group 10 Financial Studios. And to my left is my dad, Jerry Royer. He's a 53-year veteran in the financial world. So I kind of have a question real quick, kind of like what I alluded to. Uh, So can you, you know, first off, have you ever been to a five-star restaurant? Yeah, you know, at one time, (laughs) Nick, when we, with our office in Cincinnati, we had three five-star restaurants. In Cincinnati? And they're all gone today. We had Pagals, we had the Masonette, and we had the Top of the Crown, and they've all left the planet. But you know what? After 53 years, Group 10 Financial is still here. Hey, that's pretty cool. (laughs) So are we a five-star? Yeah, I know. That'd be kind of funny if it it were the case, but I mean... I, we, we don't have five-star financial planning firms. I guess they don't have that that kind of scoring thing. But that's pretty interesting. Five-star, five, three, three five-stars in Cincinnati. Yeah, Why had, Cincinnati of all places? I have no idea. We had more of in Chicago and New York at one time. So what happened to them? Just, uh, were they family-owned businesses that yeah, just ran out? Was, well, it's a long story, but uh, they all basically left the uh, the arena. So five-star restaurants. How, have you ever stayed in a five-star hotel? I'm not sure. <laughs> I have. Have you? I, yeah, I did. So I had a conference in Salt Lake City, and I stayed at the Grand America Hotel. Now, what's interesting about this hotel is when Salt Lake City was trying to get the Olympics, one of the rules in order to have an Olympics was that site has to have a five-star hotel. Uh-huh. And at the time, they did not have a five-star hotel. So Salt Lake City actually built this hotel to be a five-star hotel, specifically so it would qualify to be in the Olympics. I wonder if it still is today. It's, it is. It is. I, that's where I, I stayed there. Well, I don't know if it is today. Two years ago it was. I stayed there in uh, 2017. Cool. Yeah, the Grand America Hotel, absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it, it was a it was an awesome hotel. But my thing is then, so we talk about five-star restaurants, we talk about five-star hotels. Can that five-star metric still work in scoring a retirement plan? And, um, you know, where, with maybe one star being the worst score that you could have, a one-star retirement up to a five-star retirement being the best, my question is, can we rate a retirement plan that way? Well, so there's five main points that would require be required to do that, right? You'd have to have a reliable income plan, a wealth management strategy, or an asset protection plan, Okay. a tax efficiency strategy, a plan, and this is really important, a plan to address health care like Medicare and long-term care. And finally, I think it should have an estate planning strategy. So you kind of put five things there, a retirement income plan, uh, you mentioned an investment plan, uh, a tax plan, a health care plan, and an estate plan. So I would suggest that you give yourself one star for each of those things. Uh, so let, let's go over, before we do that, let's go over what to what each of these things are. Okay, so let's start first. The first thing that you could give your star, yourself a star for would be an income plan. So what when it comes to retirement, what the heck is an income plan anyway? That's a program, uh, Nick, that would give you a dependable income stream regardless of what Washington or Wall Street throws at you. It's basically a year-by-year 
you chart. Know, yeah. You know that no matter what happens when you lay your head on the pillow tomorrow morning, you're going to have affordable income. Now, if somebody has Social Security and that's that's what they have, is that constitute an income plan? Is that the entire income that's, plan is just Social Security? That's part of it. But today, the studies show that that only makes up about a third of an individual's needs for income. So it's a tool that goes into the income plan, but it's not the income plan. Exactly. So an income plan would be Social Security. It might be a pension if you're getting it. It might be income that you have from your investments. It might be a private pension that's providing a dependable, reliable, consistent income. And an and income Income plan should be written, in my view. It should be a, where you have a year by year, and you know what income's coming in year by year. And I just saw yesterday where Fidelity did a study of, of over 1,480 people between 60 and 75 years of age, and only 18% had an actual written retirement program. Isn't that stunning? Only 18%. That's, that's actually kind of scary. Yeah. Um, 87%. Now, I'm, I'm looking at this. <laughs> and it, the article goes on and it says, for millennials, 87% don't have a plan, and 81% of Gen Xers are without a plan. Yeah. And that's, that's uh, stunning, isn't it? So, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's a scary situation. So whatever it is, it needs to be written. It needs to be a written income plan. Let's go on to the next thing. So if you have an income plan, you'd basically give yourself one star because I have an income plan. The next one would be an investment plan. So an investment plan, in my mind, is something that if you're in retirement, uh, it should be where there's an asset protection plan part of it. Maybe there's a plan on how your investments are, are set up and how they're structured um, and how they're invested. What an investment plan is not is a pie chart. We're, okay, that that just tells you where it is, but that's not the plan. Yeah, most people invest in the market. It's kind of like if you would leave the office and you'd get in your car and you'd drive to your next destination or home looking out the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. You know, if you looked at what happened in the market in the past, isn't what's going to probably take place Perfect in the example. Future. It's Money Magazine, right? It's it's let me get Money Magazine for last year to determine what I'm going to do next year. Yeah. We look in the rearview mirror, and that's something that you want to plan. An investment plan should be one where you know the risk that you have and you know what can happen in both good and bad markets. You definitely don't want an investment plan that's only good if the market goes up because the market doesn't always go up, go up. It goes up, down, sideways. It does different things. Going up is just one one possible direction. Yeah, we know that every five to eight years there's usually a market crash. And now we're 11 years into this market going up in a straight, not a straight line, but pretty much going forward. And I'm afraid but a lot of people are going to get complacent and think it's going to continue for another level. One, if you actually look at a chart right now, the last year to year and a half has basically been sideways. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... Uh, they're still talking about this being an up market, but if you actually look, we've we've trended sideways basically, and now uh, it's at a point to uh, they're saying, well, we've reached all time highs. Well, you know, but barely. When you consider the fact that we're just returning to where what the numbers were in September of two thousand and eighteen. Well, it's uh, again we hear that. You know, back in 2008, yeah, I lost half my money, but it's recovered. If it's just recovered today, 
from what it did in 2008, you'd have been better off if you just had the money in the bank and earned a half a percent. Exactly. You'd be ahead of where you are today. Exactly. It would be like the lost decade, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so then if you have an investment plan, you give yourself a star. So again, you get a star for if you have an income plan. You get a star if you actually have an investment plan. The next thing is a tax efficiency strategy. So what's that? Tax efficiency uh, strategy is one that keeps most of what you make in your pocket rather than Uncle Sam's. Because a lot of people are paying unnecessary taxes. Yeah. It's just like uh, you were showing in our uh, class the other day about uh, what's, uh, you know, the IRS. What's it, what's it stand for? The yeah, IRS. the IRS. And when you put it together, it's theirs. You know? <laughs> yeah, so it, it always gets a better a strategy, right? Yeah, it's it, there is because a lot of people are paying unnecessary taxes on their, uh, you know, in retirement. If you save money on taxes, that's adding to your income plan, isn't it? Well, and if you can cut your taxes down, and you can cut the, in, if you can chop out and take the investments that are creating the most taxes and redeploy that money into tax efficient strategies, then that can mean you actually get to keep more of your social security income. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know this, but if they make too much money in retirement, whether it's by investments capital gains, ordinary dividends, you tally all those things up, uh, required minimum distributions, uh, you, you add all those things up, uh, pension even. If you're, if you're making too much money, then possibly 50%, maybe even 85% of your Social Security can be taxed away from you. And here's something that you put money in over years, and here you are in retirement, and whatever income you're getting from Social Security because you got too much tax, because you make too much money in retirement, and it's not those numbers aren't very high, by the way, but you're, you're getting this income and your Social Security income, and you're having to give some of it back in the form of taxes. Yeah, well, that, you, to me, is not fair. Yeah, and when you look at one of uh, – you have two people, then let's say they're pay, they only have to report 50% of uh, Social Security for taxes, and then they lose a spouse, and we've just had this happen a couple of times within the last month. Now, all of a sudden, that 50% for the surviving spouse goes up to 85% simply because of the fact that they were dealt that hand and they made too much money. It was okay when they were joint, but when you're single... And now 85% of their Social Security income is reportable, reportable to, on the tax form. Yep. And if you don't know if that's happening to you, here's a pro tip. Get your 1040 form. You know, tax year is not too far behind us. You probably have it readily available. It's probably even sitting on the coffee table or in the kitchen still. Pick it up. Look at it. Look on the front page. You're looking at line, I think it's 5A and 5B. Look at what Social Security income you have coming in. And if it's if you have something on the line 5B that's your what's taxable, and there's a number there, well, that's showing you that there's probably some unnecessary taxes that you're paying because of how your money is invested. So you're giving back basically something that you paid for. You're having to give back because you made too much. Yep. And these are types of things, as we're talking this through, these are types of things in your tax-efficient strategy that you should literally have. So again, if you have a star, you know, a five-star retirement means you're giving yourself a star for each one of these things. So if it's a reliable retirement income plan, it gets one star if you have it. If it's an investment plan, you say, yes, I have an investment plan, give yourself a star for that. If it's a tax-efficient strategy and you have a tax planning strategy, give yourself a star for that. The next star that you could possibly get on your way to this five-star retirement would be a health care plan. Now, give yourself a star if you have a health care plan, but 
first, maybe we should talk about what that is. What is a health care plan? A health care plan is something that if you're 65, a lot of people look at, uh, well, I've got Medicare. But that's, again, just like Social Security, that's only part of it. It's only part of what you need. You need to have something that's going to fill the gap or make up for the shortfall that Medicare doesn't cover for us. And that's where Medicare supplements and things like that fit into the mold, uh, where those can fill the gap in, in, in Medicare coverage. That's one way. But I think you're alluding also to something else. Yeah. What, what about long-term care? What about, you know, 70% of the people, 65, the statistics by AARP are saying that 70% of us are going to need some type of long-term care. Medicare isn't going to foot, foot the bill. Neither is a MedSup basically going to foot the bill. Mm-hmm. It's got to be covered somewhere. Where does that come from? Probably out of my income. Yeah, and if you look at the cost of that right now, it's over, I mean, in the state of Florida, it's over, um, you know, if you want a private nursing home care, stay it's close to over a hundred thousand dollars a year for one person that's not chump change okay that's yeah and the average stay is three years so three you know just under three years so three times a hundred thousand dollars that's three hundred thousand dollars in potential expenses just in long-term care costs if you want to self-fund it now if you have enough money where you can self-fund it then by all means do it but you know that but that would be three hundred thousand dollars potentially times two people if you're a husband and wife that's six hundred grand that's not, again, that's not chump change. Yeah. So um, a health care plan is going to be one where you have a Medicare plan and you have a, a, a plan in place to fill the gap for when Medicare isn't covering everything. And it also has a long-term care plan. Now, if your long-term care plan is I'm going to move in with the kids, make sure the kids know it. Okay? <laughs> make sure the kids know it because... Yeah, just don't show up at the doorstep with your luggage in hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? So that doesn't work. Um, you might get kicked to the curb. <laughs> so who, who knows what hap- ends up happening. But the thing is, a health care plan is going to be one that addresses the Medicare situation. It addresses the long-term care situation. Don't discount the long-term care situation. Like Dad said just a second ago, that is a 70% chance that you're going to need long-term care in some way, shape, or form. And so that's a cost that needs to be addressed. But if you have all this done and you say, I've got a health care plan, give yourself a star. So now you have four stars. Possibly, potentially. Yeah. But let's move on to getting the final star, and that would be an estate or a, and a legacy plan so that when you walk out on life, you can pass all that you've accumulated throughout your life as easily and as stress-free as, as effortlessly possible. as possible. Yes, just absolutely. And a lot of people say, well, I've got an estate plan. Well, the estate plan's got to go a little bit deeper sometimes than just having a will. Mm-hmm. A will is definitely one part, and, and oddly enough— I mean, there's people in history that didn't even have that. If you look yeah. at Aretha Franklin, Prince, um, Sonny Bono, Bono, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, these are people, um, uh, you know, uh, who's another guy? Uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix, I think, is one. Um, Kurt Cobain from Nirvana. I mean, these are people that never had uh, even a will. They had mm-hmm. no plan. So what happened? They died. It Money went to probate. It became public record. Everybody knew what they had. And the courts got to decide, or are still, in some of these cases, still deciding who the heck gets the money. So an estate plan is uh, not, let's worry about it when I get sick. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, a will, a power of attorney for health care, possibly a power of attorney for finance. Trust can fall into this 
case as well, having your beneficiaries done on your plans. And making sure that they are accurate. Mm -hmm. So again, if you're sitting there and saying, yep, my beneficiaries are updated, I have either a will or powers of attorney or trusts, I've got all that stuff taken care of, give yourself a star because then you've got the estate plan. Yeah, but be honest. How many stars, folks, did you actually have for yourself? Most Americans have one maybe two stars in place. And if you saw that movie if, uh, at the theater and it only had one star, would you pay 15 bucks to go see it? Yeah. Probably. I, probably, yeah. One-star movies? No, thank you. But, I mean, again, what do you do to get a star? Just ask yourself this question. Do I have an investment plan? If you do, give yourself a star. Do I have a retirement income plan? If you do, give yourself a star. Do I have a tax reduction plan? If you do, give yourself a star. Do I have a health care and a long-term care plan? If you do, again, give yourself a star. Do I have an estate and legacy plan? If you do, give yourself a star. And add all those up. And if you have a three-star plan, well, then there's some room for improvement. If you have a four-star plan, there's some room for improvement. Very few Americans that we meet with have a five-star plan. But yet that's the direction that people should go. That's the direction people should move to. So if you go to our podcast website, which is www.onthemoneyshow.com, and you go to the page for this podcast. Now, this podcast is podcast number 58. It's called Five Star Retirement. You can download a free one pager that we personally use in our practice that explains in detail the five parts to this five star retirement plan. Again, all you have to do is go to www.onthemoneyshow.com show.com and go to the podcast page for this show. Here's another pro tip, by the way. A lot of people think that you can retire when you've saved a certain amount of dollars. We believe you shouldn't retire until you have all these five plans in order. That should be a measurement, not the dollar amount you've saved. Always remember, don't retire from something, but retire to something. With the right plans in place. Yeah, you betcha. You know, again, just go to www.onthemoneyshow.com, and you can download a free one-pager on the five parts to the five-star retirement. Another option as well is is if you can... Uh, you can also get our free on the money retirement toolkit. And this has over six different reports and along with checklists and planning steps to help you get to that five-star retirement plan. We will also uh, put in a copy of our new book called diffuse the seven steps to saving your 401k from the IRS in this toolkit as well. And it will get shipped to your door at no cost. It's not something that we it, it's too big to actually download. So we put it in a big box and then we ship the box to you and we even pay the shipping cost for that. So all you'd have to do is text us and you just text the word retire r-e-t-i-r-e to 31996 again just text the word retire to 31996 and you can also give us a call if you'd like to go deeper on any of these topics Uh, just call the office 800-245-0546 that's 800-245-0546 and again you know thanks folks for tuning into the podcast today check back again at www.onthemoneyshow.com for those free downloads and all of our other podcast shows and again feel free to spread the word and share these podcasts with your friends and family as well dad uh, it's always great being here across the table from you and uh, we'll see you next time and until then i want to thank you for your time this time until next time so long everyone 
You've been listening to the On The Money with Jerry and Nick Royer podcast. Catch new episodes every week to discover the latest retirement strategies and tips for retiring well from Jerry and Nick. To subscribe to the podcast, head to onthemoneyshow.com. That's onthemoneyshow.com. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Group 10 Financial and Brookstone Capital Management are independent of each other.